Kifa. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo. I am joined by uh, two co-hosts today, uh, Max Carone. Max, how you doing? I'm doing well. Excited. Cool. And, uh, of course, my other co-host, Ladonna Loki. Ladonna, how you doing? Sup? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, let's just get right into it because... You know, I, I I was telling you guys before we went on air. I have I had a bunch of topics prepared. We we're going to talk about uh, the Manafort thing and like Madison Tillerson trying to say that the AUMF gives them the right to bomb North Korea or some shit. Um, but uh, something happened yesterday, and it's probably going to take up the entire show. So <laughs> all that shit's right out the window. Um, before we get to that, though, I, I do want to mention. Uh, we are now on Patreon. We are officially on Patreon. Uh, we've been talking about it for the past few weeks, but uh, we finally got all of that lined up and in a row. Um, so, you know, we do the podcast for free every week. Uh, comes out once a week every week. Uh, and that's going to stay that way. But, you know, podcasting does cost money in terms of hosting and uh just equipment, general costs associated with it. So we set up the pa- uh, the Patreon to help offset some of that. Uh, so right now we just have the $3 backer level. Uh, so what we're going to do in addition to the weekly cast, which is going to stay the same uh, every Saturday morning, we are going to do a bi- uh, bi-monthly movie review podcast because uh, we were talking about how many awesome politically themed movies there are uh be it you know uh historical retellings like something like jfk or milk or just documentaries uh you know like fahrenheit 9-11 or you know 13th there's so many different avenues that we can explore and we figured that would be something interesting that we could do that's not really uh time sensitive so it could we could build up a nice uh back catalog of that for people when they sign up um so our pay our patreon is patreon.com slash move left that's patreon.com slash move left and uh for the price of less than a cup of coffee uh in most places new york at least uh you three bucks a month you can sign up and you will get two additional podcasts a month and we are uh, working on ways that we can expand that into even further um, tiers for the Patreon and possibly doing another, you know, uh, news wrap-up show midweek because uh, in the current news cycle, it's uh, kind of impossible to condense the entire week's news into one episode. So um, go check that out again. That's patreon.com slash move left. And yeah. 
With and that. at some point, we'll have a future bonus level at the million dollar rate. And for that, we'll <laughs> listen to Peter Dow's podcast <laughs> and comment. But that's going to start at a million. Oh, my God. That's to pay for how many things Max breaks and rage. <laughs> I'm going to shoot myself with after we fucking force to sit through, after I'm forced to sit through that. Um, I was going to say, like, and don't worry, guys, we learned from Manafort and Hillary. Um, we have plenty of different organizations that we will launder the money through. <laughs> All $3 of it. It's going to be the Anthony Victory Fund. It's going, to, it's going to go directly through that. And it's totally not going to go to me. It's going to go to all the state parties. Don't worry, guys. All the state podcasts. And, um, oh, and oh, I should mention, by the way, uh, if you do sign up today, we already recorded our first episode of Movie Left which is the terrible pun name that we're, we, we gave to the uh, It's the movie best, review. what are you talking about? <laughs> the movie podcast that we're doing. And the uh, first movie we reviewed is uh, JFK, the uh, 91 uh, Oliver Stone movie, because we felt that it was... You mean the 91-hour Oliver Stone <laughs> yeah, movie? <right. laughs> the long fucking movie. Um, we felt that it was really timely, considering the JFK files that got released, so... We talked about uh, the movie, obviously, and, you know, kind of the maybe some of the inconsistencies with with the way it was uh, told in the movie, but also uh, just the general uh, craziness behind that, the events of that day. And we talked about the JFK files and how that kind of reflects into modern day. So that's kind of a nice thing about that podcast is that we'll be talking about things that aren't tied to the, to like, they're not time sensitive. They're not tied to the week that we're discussing them. So listen anytime. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, and it also gives us a chance to get into topics. We don't really get a chance to get into on the weekly show. So, um, yeah, check that out. Patreon.com slash move left. Uh, so I guess uh, let's just get into it. Um, so, you know, we're all a bunch of uh, Russian bot slash Bernie bro <laughs> slash sexist racist trolls because we said that uh, Hillary Clinton rigged the primaries to disadvantage Bernie Sanders and ensure that she got the nomination. Uh, and we were told we were crazy and that we were conspiracy theorists and that we were dealing with uh, stolen uh, information because Donna Brazil was the victim of a cybercrime. Um, but turns out... Uh, <laughs> Maybe we weren't so crazy. Uh, Donna Brazil uh, has a book coming out, which, of course, factors into this story. But uh, in it, she had some pretty surprising revelations. Uh, I was shocked. Yeah, I was. I genuinely was shocked. And we'll talk about our motivations after we we talk about what actually was said. But um, yeah, (laughs) let's just get right into it. I have some excerpts here. Um, Yeah. very helpfully clipped out on Twitter by a friend of the a fr- friend of a friend of the show, uh, Jordan Chariton. <laughs> um, let's see. <clears throat> uh, and so again, this is from Donna Brazil's book, uh, Hacks, which is <laughs> super ironic title because that's kind of what she is. But I lit um, some candles and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was such a fucking. Oh, a fucking sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if I was calling Bernie Sanders, I'd probably set the mood, too. But not, not for the same reason Don Brazil did. Um, what fucking reason? Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know where I was going with that. But 
<laughs> we're just going to leave that where it was. <laughs> we're going to send you a little bubble bath and uh, <laughs> a few other things for your Bernie calls. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Um, uh, I had, and this is from Donna Brazil's book. Uh, I had promised Bernie when I took the helm of the Democratic National Committee after the convention that I would get to the bottom of whether Hillary Clinton's team had rigged the nomination process as a cache of emails stolen by Russian hackers. We don't know that's true. Uh, and posted online had suggested, uh, suggested, uh, I had my suspicions from the moment I walked in the door of the DNC a month or so earlier based on the leaked emails. But who knew uh, if some of them might have been forged? I needed to have solid proof, and so did Bernie. Um, by September 7th, the day I called Bernie, I had found my proof, and it broke my heart. Uh, let's see. Oh, and I you know, I actually also cut off a, a, a really funny little excerpt. Debbie was not a good manager. She hadn't been very interested in controlling the party. She let Clinton's headquarters in Brooklyn do as it desired, so she didn't have to inform the party officers how bad the situation was. How much control Brooklyn had and for how long was still something I had been trying to uncover for the last few weeks. Um, really, though? I'm so, sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we'll, we'll discuss how much we believe some of her assertions. Uh Officials from Hillary Clinton uh, from Hillary's campaign had taken a look at the DNC's books. Obama left the party twenty-four million in debt, fifteen million in bank debt, and more than eight million owed to vendors after the twenty twelve campaign, and had been paying that off very slowly. Uh, Obama's campaign was not scheduled to pay it off until twenty sixteen. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep reading, but that's we've been saying this for months, and nobody wants to admit it. But Barack Obama in an extremely selfish move, totally fucking bankrupted the party. And, you know, we had Rachel on, and we were talking about that, and she gave a really kind of long-winded answer about why that wasn't technically the case, and I still don't fully understand the argument, but it, it, all, it seems an awful lot like he funneled all the money that should have been going into the state parties into the Obama for America fund and left the party totally fucking bankrupt. And this kind of confirms it because Donna Brazil is no friend to us and she really has no reason to try to make Obama look bad other than the fact that she's telling the truth. But the first person she throws under the bus here is Obama. So noted. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's in, well, yeah, but I mean, why would she do that unless that's actually the truth of the situation? Like, I don't think she would go out of her way to lie about that if the DNC could prove otherwise. Right. Um, Obama's campaign was, uh, uh, Hillary for America, uh, the campaign and Hill and the Hillary victory fund, it's joint fundraising vehicle with the DNC had taken care of 80% of the remaining debt in 2016, about 10 million and had placed the party on a, on an allowance. So wait, <laughs> before I, you even start with yeah, that, yeah, okay. Hillary is taking care of Obama's debt. Okay. Right. So that's just, we need to note well, that. To Obama. The, it was the DN, it was Obama's accrued accruement of debt, but it was the DNC's debt that Obama basically stiffed them with. Um, right. So when you think about him eventually endorsing her, just keep that in the back of your mind that there's a financial component to all that. Well, but the yeah. other thing is like, this is like, people are like, Oh, well she kept the party afloat. This to me is like fucking extortion. She like <laughs> gave the party money and then put the party on a fucking dole basically. And was like, all right, well, here, well, I, you know, I'm going to get further into the details of yeah. the arrangement. So we'll, we'll get into that. Uh, if I didn't know about this, I assume that none of uh, none of the other officers knew about it either. That was just Debbie's way. 
In my experience, she didn't come to the officers of the DNC for advice and counsel. She seemed to make decisions on her own and let us know at the last minute what she had decided, uh, as she had done when she told us about the hacking only minutes before the Washington Post broke the news. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, number two under the bus. (laughs) Just (laughs) keep an account. Oh, my God. Um, Gary, how did they do this without me knowing, I asked. I don't understand how Debbie relates, or I don't know how Debbie relates to the officers, Gary said. He described the party as fully under the control of Hillary's campaign, which seemed to confirm my, the suspicions of, Ber- of the Bernie camp. <laughs> the campaign had had uh, the DNC on life support, giving it money every month to meet its basic expenses, while the campaign was using the party as a fundraising clearinghouse. Under FEC law... An individual can contribute a maximum of $2,700, uh, that's $2,700, directly to a presidential campaign. But the limits are much higher for contributions to state parties and a, and a party's national committee. Individuals who had maxed out their $2,700 contribution limit uh, to the campaign could write an additional check for $353,400 to the Hillary Victory Fund. That figure represented 10000 to each of the 32 state parties who were part of the Victory Fund Agreement, uh, $320,000, and uh, $33,400 to the DNC. That money would be deposited in the states first and transferred to the DNC shortly after that. Uh, money in the battleground states usually stayed in that state, but all other states funneled the money directly into the DNC, which transferred the money to Brooklyn. Um, wait, I said, the victory fund was supposed to be for whoever was the nominee, uh, and the state party races. You're telling me that Hillary has been controlling it since before she got the nomination. Gary said the campaign had to do it or the party would collapse. (laughs) That was the deal that Robbie struck with Debbie. He explained, referring to campaign manager, Robbie Mook. It was to sustain the DNC. We sent the party nearly 20 million from September until the convention and more to prepare for the election. Um, the funding, <laughs> the fundraising agreement, uh, arrangement rather with HFA and the victory fund agreement was not illegal, but it sure looked unethical. If the fight had been fair, one campaign would not, have, and this is all from Donna fucking Brazil, by the way, noted cheater. If the fight had been fair, one campaign would not have control of the party before the voters had decided which one they wanted to lead. This was not a criminal act, but as I saw it, it compromised the party's integrity. Um, so <laughs> there's more, but let's let's just pause there and get into it. Uh, so I, I mean, it, this is just so fucking. Corrupt. You guys, you guys, yeah, <laughs> I, this is insanely crap. I mean, she fucking loan sharked them basically. She literally extorted the DNC. She gave them money that she should not have been giving them in exchange for control of the party. Well, way before a fucking nominee was decided. This was before Joe Biden had even considered dropping out. I mean, this is fucking just beyond fucking corrupt. And it confirms everything that we thought and everything that we suspected. Uh, and I, What's yeah, most heinous to me about it is the fact that this actually could have been used. If it was done properly, you know, the person who won would raise the money, help get the party out of debt, and also you know, fund state party and down ballot candidates. This could have been such an amazing thing. And the whole time where they're just fucking everybody over, that's exactly what they were saying. 
And all of us on the ground knew that it was a lie the entire time. But it was, they were just, I mean, it's essentially just a party politics version of laundering money. And I, in this era of indictments, this is my nuanced opinion on this. There's going to be a wave and Trump's cronies and hopefully himself, they're going to get cracked down for their corruption. I want a fucking clean house on both sides. For the campaign finance laws that were violated by Clinton and everybody around her, we need to just clean house, man. There needs to be indictments, com- indictments coming all over. We need a Mueller focused solely on this. It won't happen, but that's my pipe dream. But you know what's sad is that, I, I, you know, I think what Donna was saying is true. Technically, this isn't illegal because our campaign finance system is so fucking fucked up and corrupt that you can get around the $2,700 max individual contribution by setting up a fucking money laundering operation, a legal money laundering operation through the party. And it's just so beyond fucked up. But what she did with it, I, I it certainly breaks the bylaws. I, it, it, it almost rises to the level of being illegal because not only did she do this and basically extort the party, she also kept... 99.5 according to some estimates percent of the money raised through the uh hillary victory fund only about 0.5 percent of it went to state parties so this whole thing about oh well uh, that hillary's camp is going to claim about doing this to save the dnc and fund state parties is a fucking farce and anyone pushing any kind of narrative that says otherwise has an agenda or is being paid by somebody to say that because it's fucking fact and fucking donna brazil of all people Again, noted cheater from CNN is the one fucking telling us this. And it's not like she wouldn't know. She was the DNC chair for the interim period after the first DNC chair, fucking Hillary's buddy, Donna, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, had to resign in disgrace because she's a fucking cheater. So, you know, I, I don't know what else needs to fucking to get through to these idiots' heads that, like, this is clear and blatant corruption and that we need to fucking totally overhaul this corrupt shitty party but so uh, before we i I want to read out make a note to pause here for a second because we may have some actual breaking news um and i need to just read it before i don't want to miss what you guys are saying and respond to it but Mm -hmm. it looks like um npr is reporting that there may have been so there was this discussion um that the 2015 agreement, you know, was all about board. There's nothing new here, but it looks like NPR may be reporting that there was an additional signed document. So I just want to, I actually have that pulled up already. Do you? Okay, cool. All right, then never mind. Just (laughs) please continue. I won't cut this part. This fine. (laughs) (laughs) See how the sausage gets made. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I do want to read out uh, a little bit of a little bit more from Donna. So, when I got back from vacation in Martha's Vineyard, uh, of course, <laughs> I, I, they can't help but be fucking elitist even when they're trying to, to blow the whistle or tell the truth. Hey, it's the people's party. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the people on the 200 uh, population island of Martha's Vineyard. Um, I at last found the document that described it all. The joint fundraising agreement between the DNC, the Hillary Victory Fund, and Hillary for America. The agreement... Signed by, um, by the way, before I even read this, another bullshit talking point that I've seen people pushing on Facebook and Twitter uh, is that they both signed a joint, a, a fundraising agreement. That's so misleading and disingenuous when I tell when once I describe to you the details of Hillary's fundraising agreement. Yeah. Um, 
so the agreement signed by Amy Dacey, uh, the former CEO of the DNC, and Robbie Mook with a copy to Mark uh, Elias <clears throat> specified that in exchange for raising money and investing in the DNC, Hillary would control the party's finances, strategy, and all the money raised. Her campaign had the right of refusal of who would be the party communications director, and it would make final decisions on all other staff. The DNC was also required to consult with the campaign about all other staffing, budgeting, data, analytics, and mailings. I'd been wondering why it wasn't that uh, why it was that I couldn't write a press release without passing it by Brooklyn. Well, here was the answer. So, for any fucking useful idiot that says that, oh, well, Bernie signed a uh, a joint fundraising uh, agreement with the DNC, also, so it's the same, and they he was given the same opportunity. Really, was Bernie given the opportunity to uh, to handpick the staff? And to determine where the finances go and where the scheduling and where the messaging this is fucking horseshit. They gave Hillary Clinton control of the party in fucking 2015, way before anyone even knew who was going to be fucking running, let alone who was going to be the nominee. So I would love to hear somebody honestly defend that without totally misleading uh, with their omission of facts. Well, I mean, I think that one of the things that I read online, and I don't, you know, necessarily buy into this, but something, right? Something had to keep the DNC afloat, and so their defense of it on the other side is that, well, go figure, you know, the the premier candidate, the one that you're kind of expecting to be the next nominee, you know, did something to make sure that there was an apparatus there in place for when the election actually happened, so. That's the background to it. But to your point, the Bernie Victory Fund, not the same agreement. And, you know, everybody asked, well, you know, Bernie had the opportunity also, you know, to raise money for the states and to put money into this fund and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't. Well, why the fuck would he? (laughs) Knowing, you know, the, the horse maneuver, the horse shit that they do, the maneuvering that they do behind the scenes, why would he have trusted a dime with them? Well, and the other thing is that that argument hinges on Hillary trying to raise money for state parties, which we found out is a fucking lie. She gave <laughs> 0.5% of the money raised through the Hillary Victory Fund to state parties. 0.5%, less than 1%. She fucking hoarded it all and used that as a fucking front to launder money from big money donors who didn't want to uh, just give their you know maxed out $2,700 donation. They could give up to $300,000 a pop. So... For anyone who's saying that, you're just being a fucking willful idiot or you have an agenda. Um, but did you guys hear that Donna Brazil is actually a Kremlin puppet? It's all Russian <laughs> propaganda. They're so shameless. They're so shameless. We're going to get a little into some of their, their responses, <laughs> like, you know, the the Hillary cultist response. But it, it's amazing what the, I really would love to see what they won't defend because they turned uh, Donald Trump Jr. met with Russians to gather intel uh, on Trump's opponent is a uh, treasonous act and he should be thrown in jail and the whole election should be invalidated to uh, everyone does opposition research and consults with others for it. You people are making this into a story out of nothing. It's a nothing burger. When we found out Hillary Clinton basically did the same thing, except she did it through one extra person. She didn't just go directly to the person 
because <laughs> she's corrupt and smart and Trump is corrupt and stupid. So, well, I and mean, that's the other piece to this. I mean, people that, that have reviewed these documents and obviously for this 2015 document, there was um, a draft of this that was released by WikiLeaks. So, you know, we saw an early draft of it there. You, know, you can look at copies of this document out there. But but to your point, they know enough. Uh, they know what to put in writing. I mean, maybe not on their emails. They weren't, <clears throat> excuse me, completely, you know, completely wise about everything. But they know in general, you know, that a document like that has the ability to be shared, you know, more widely than than they expected their emails to be. And so they knew um, the conversations that they were having verbally as opposed to what they were putting in writing and the nuances there and, you know, what was really being said. So, well, you know, I think people can, um, give Donna Brazile a hard time for some of the way that she presents this. She's also presenting the layers and the context and the tone behind it, which is, we all know how this agreement was interpreted by everyone in the DNC because she's laying it out for you. This is what was assumed that Hillary effectively controlled, you know, the communications mechanisms, well, the decision making mechanisms. It was a written agreement too. Yeah. I mean, I, she presumably could have sued the DNC if they didn't allow her first right of refusal on all staffing and if they didn't allow her to set the debate schedule, which we know was fucking cut from like something like 40 debates during the 08 primary to six debates during the Bernie and Hillary primary because they know the Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton is insanely unlikable and every time she opens her fucking mouth her approval rating goes down literally like we you know we i I think we mentioned it on a previous podcast but hillary clinton has her poll numbers have never gone up in every race she's ever been involved in she starts at a ceiling and her poll numbers have only ever taken a dip she has never increased her poll numbers you can look this up i I swear to god worst candidate do you think of a worse fucking candidate to run for president of the United States than somebody who is literally never, every time they open their fucking mouth, people are repulsed and okay, run maybe away one or in droves? Two, I can think of literally one, and that idiot still beat her. So, I, you know, I, God, I, I just fucking can't. And look, this is not us gloating. We're not happy. Nobody's fucking happy. We're no. fucking furious because you assholes fucking cheated the only candidate that could have beaten trump and then you fucking gaslighted us for a year about it so nobody's fucking gloating nobody's doing a victory lap or saying i told you so we're saying get the fuck out of the party you corrupt motherfuckers and let a step aside and let us fucking run this thing because you are clearly all a bunch of corrupt fucking republicans in democrats clothing who don't give a fuck about policy and only want to fucking line your pockets and line the pockets of consultants like fucking Debbie Wasserman Schultz did when she was a DNC chair. Can you get a few more fucks in there? I don't know if that was enough. I I just, (laughs) God. Yeah, it's all, I mean, it's beyond fucked. It really is. There's people, though. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. (laughs) There is people, though, that are gloating about this. And they do... This is like my very nuanced take is that this cannot (laughs) hot takes by Max. (laughs) This cannot lead to folks. So a lot of people we're all getting validated about this and some people are gloating about it. Some of us are just like, okay, now we just clean house of all this corruption or that's the goal. Listen to the term you use validated. That's a term that you typically use after you've been like abused, like, you know, physically or sexually or something. Validation. Well, we, have, we have been all gaslighted for a fucking year, which exactly. is a, a, a 
a primary mode of opera, you know, modus operandi for fucking abusers. And so validation is a very real, you know, thing that people require when they've been through something like that. Anyway, please continue. No, I I agree though. That's true. I never thought about it like that. And I hope, so I I understand like now there's, as within the other cases, now there's like a mass hysteria and confusion because it's like, oh, yes, this we all knew it was real, but now it's been validated and it's real. So there's all this emotion and all this energy that's coming out, and it's kind of chaotic. What I'm hoping is that this fuels the fires for both the people that are convinced Dem Exit is the right strategy to build what they're going to build, and for the people like me who are convinced Dem Enter is the better strategy to build what we're going to build, but we both stay sane enough in the process that when it comes time to support each other, to support progressives, to beat Republicans and neoliberals, we show up and we won't say, oh, well, that's a green, so I'm not going to vote for them. Or that's a Democrat and I'm not going to vote for them. All that matters is that we're getting the people who need to be out of this system out. And right now being on Facebook for, you know, my clients and myself, I'm seeing that there's a lot of energy, and I don't know if those people on both sides would actually show up. I would, and I think everybody here would, but I'm afraid that if we can't come out of this, you know, this validation and this anger in a productive way, that we're just going to continue to tear ourselves down. And I'm not preaching this, let's have unity bullshit. <laughs> I was going to say. I'm saying we need to have Unify behind our corruption. It's, no, it's coalitions are a lot different than unity. Coalitions is we have different resources and different agendas, but we can agree on a common goal. And that's what we need to have. Coalition of the willing. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) But that's honestly what we need to have to get progressives in office here for 2018. Mumbai is sending uh, monkeys to help us uh, (laughs) train monkeys. We're going to detonate landmines to help us uh, get through the (laughs) fucking. You guys know that was like an actual thing as part of the Coalition of the Willing. That oh my I, god, I, no! I I swear to God, I forget if it was I forget if it was Mumbai or it was it was some no, it was Morocco. They didn't send troops because they don't really have an army, but they sent two hundred trained monkeys to detonate landmines. <laughs> no, can't even fucking make this up. I swear to God. It's laughable and horrible at the same time. Like, I don't, like, there's, <laughs> no, no, it's horrible. there's two I, I, halves I fucking... of me don't even know, like, the vegetarian, know. you know, animal rights activist is like, oh, my <laughs> God, they're inhuman. The other part of me is like, are you fucking kidding me? But the, is that not the most George Bush fucking thing you can think of, just to have a bunch of trained monkeys <laughs> running through the fucking uh, desert detonating landmines? <laughs> I'm not convinced that's anywhere different from where we are now in politics. Yeah. Oh, my God. But, all right, so... I I did want to mention, yeah, and, you know, Max, I agree. And I, I genuinely think that a lot of those people who are saying that are going to vote for a progressive if they're truly progressive. And everyone's definition of that obviously varies, but, I mean, I think largely we're not going to see an issue with that. It's just a matter of whether or not that progressive candidate can get their message out because we've seen and we've talked about how the establishment is already fucking over people in their own party. Like the people who are running with the justice Democrats, they're not giving them access to van something that they fucking deserve access to because they're running as Democrats. It's just the, the party is so fucking corrupt and dirty that I, I, the, the real hurdle to get over is whether or not that they can get their name out there because we know that our ideas in a, in, in the marketplace of free marketplace of ideas win every fucking time. It's just getting those people the exposure they need to 
uh, relay those ideas. That's why I get cut off from all the mainstream media sources, yeah. Um, so another thing from Donna. Um, I told Bernie I had found Hillary's joint fundraising agreement. I explained that the cancer that she had exerted... Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I explained that the cancer was that she had exerted this control of the party long before she became the nominee. Had I known this, I never would have accepted the interim chair position. <laughs> wow. Bullshit. Uh, but we were here. But here we were with only two weeks before the election. Bernie took this stoically. He did not yell or express outrage. Instead, he asked me what I thought Hillary's chances were. The polls were unanimous in her winning... But what he wanted to know was my own assessment. <sighs> this makes it look like she's very important and Bernie is going to her for advice. <laughs> yeah, I know. But you know what? I do believe that because he fucking, after he fucking found out, I never want to hear a fucking word again about how Bernie Sanders is a Democrat. And we've had fucking people say it on this fucking podcast. And I don't want to hear it out of anyone's fucking mouth again because after he found out that they fucking cheated him, he went out and did 40 fucking campaign stops for her. So I don't ever want to hear again that he's not a goddamn Democrat because he did more for that shitty corrupt party than they ever deserved from him. Hey, well, actually, you know, there's people saying that Bernie missed his only chance at ever doing anything positive for this country, even though it's because of fucking him that Medicare for all has a goddamn chance of ever becoming a thing. And those mm-hmm. people are within our own fucking house. And I like most of what they have to say. Cause Chris Hedges is a fucking hero to me, but the shit he put out today about how Bernie pretty much screwed us all is bullshit. Cause people like me and most people in this, it's like biting the hand that feeds you. Most of us wouldn't be doing jack shit if it wasn't for Bernie Sanders campaign. Both professionally in politics yeah, sure, and I just wouldn't. activated. So yeah. that's so counterproductive when people say that shit about Bernie. I'm sorry yeah. I cut you off. No, with a lot of no, no, a lot of progressives are doing that. It makes me crazy. I don't know. I think everything is fair game because I think, you know, if we can, people will say you shouldn't criticize Hillary because, you know, that's harmful to the party. I, I think everything is fair game. I think you've oh, got to yeah. be open to, you know, constructive criticism um, coming from every direction and, you know, towards everything. We've got to be able to sort this shit out, so. I, I think they're totally within the rights to express it. I think some of these people are out of their fucking mind. <laughs> uh, I also think Bernie is is kind of sheepdogging people a little bit, and I really, I, I really hope that he is keeping a very watchful eye on the party, and then if they do show signs that they're starting to fuck him over again, they just says fuck this and runs as a third party. And totally... what do you mean fuck him over again? They never not <laughs> unfucked him or you know what I mean. Like so. he and and I think he know. I think he knew that. The I think the honestly the only reason why he ran as a Democrat is because of the twenty or thirty percent of sheeple that will pick the D or the R regardless because their identity is, you know, they they identify as a Democrat or as a Republican, or they don't want to do the damn research on the candidates. And they think that this side is right. And this one is wrong. And he knew that it was a, you know, a calculated move. Yes. He's been, um, you know, gosh, as an independent, think about, you know, tie breaking votes and other things. He's been nothing but an ally uh, to the left and to Democrats. So, you know, any, critiques to the to the contrary it's just ridiculous he is the left there is no fucking left in the, <laughs> in the senate he is the left right he's been an ally to the center really <laughs> that's so <God>. good <laughs> Ugh, fucking so depressing um one other little piece of break as you mentioned ladonna breaking uh so it turns out there was a second agreement that hillary's camp signed back in 2015 uh back in august of 2015 well before the fucking nominee was decided um, 
Two Democratic officials tell NPR that Brazil and Perez are referring to two different things because the DNC tried to come out and say, no, look, they both had access to this fu- to the joint fundraising thing. DNC basically tried to cover their ass um, while simultaneously saying, well, none of the people in leadership were in leadership at the time, so it's not our fault. So just <laughs> go away and shut up. Um, in addition to that joint fundraising agreement that the DNC reached with both campaigns, the party and the Clinton campaign struck uh, that separate memorandum of understanding <laughs> giving the campaign staffing and policy oversight. Staffing and policy oversight. That document was signed on August 26, 2015, before, among other things, Vice President Joe Biden ruled out a, pres- a run for president. The DNC has de- not denied this characterization or timeline. A Democratic official who's reviewed the document pointed out that in addition to Clinton sign-offs, Brazil characterized, included language stating that nothing in this agreement shall be construed to violate the DNC's obligation of impartiality. (laughs) (laughs) I guess if you just say that, it's true. Like, it doesn't have to fucking be true. It just, if you say it, it's fucking true. It's like me robbing robbing you and being like, by the way, this totally isn't a robbery. (laughs) Sign this, please. This this thing that says that uh, I'm not robbing you right now. So it's all good. The fuck, man? Like, what the fuck? This is how this shit, like, I'm not saying this is how this shit works, so it's, like, justified. But, like, this is, I've said this in the past, that, like, Trump was the embodiment of everything wrong with American business. Hillary's the embodiment of everything wrong with American politics. And, like, that's why I'm going to keep preaching and sound like a broken record. This is when we just fucking come in, cut the heads off the snakes, and clean house. Because, and I'm excited, too, just like what's happening with Trump. If this actually gets investigated... People might go away because it's just this is like the big I, th- I believe this is the tip of the iceberg because there's a lot of Lee Camp covered the difference in exit polls to the results in multiple states primaries. Yep. We know they purged voters in New York. There is very serious criminal activity that happened in regards to these elections, not just campaign finance, but I think actual voting violations themselves. And I'm excited yep. to see what comes out. Well, I'm excited, but I'm also not optimistic that it's ever going to get investigated because the people in power are still the people in power. And right. I, you know, I, Palace, Greg Palace did a lot of good reporting on that too. And it's almost incontrovertible that there was a lot of fuckery by the Hillary camp in the primaries, especially with the caucuses, because the caucus is a lot more left to who's running the caucus in terms right. of who. It's a very weird. Pro- I'm not a fan of caucuses for that reason, but uh, it, it's a very interesting process but it basically it allows for the chair of the party to fucking ignore people if they claim that they didn't hear them or like it's just total bullshit well if you throw chairs it doesn't help anthony yeah and and, and make up lies about people throwing chairs to excuse the fact that you fucking stole a state from somebody that had more delegates in that fucking state but whatever you know it's just there's this is why i keep saying they're fucking republicans this is the shit that for years that we figured that was just Republicans were corrupt and evil, and they are. Don't get me wrong. This is the shit that we knew that they would do. This is even fucking worse than some of the shit I've heard coming out of it. The, the, the most I've seen them do in a primary is, like, dog whistle and, like, pretend that, like, John McCain has an illegitimate black daughter. And right. Like, you know, like, all that. Just dirty, usual, shitty, dirty politics. Fucking Democrats literally cheat fucking people out of the nomination if that's not their chosen candidate. 
we have like documented evidence of it. Now. Sure, it's but just, Republican, I, and I'm not trying to do like false equivalency here, but like they're worse in re- policy. But I'm just saying no, in terms of the primary, in the general, because that's where that's where the voter suppression is like seen on both sides. Oh sure, cross check and like I mean, yeah. there's so many fucking yeah. So I, I mean, mean like it that their their corruption affects millions of voters in a general election. The Democrats is equally terrible because it kills the primary and controls them. I also want to point out. Most of these superdelegates, this is why she was able to wrestle so many superdelegates from the get-go, because a lot of them are involved with the state parties. So she essentially was buying off superdelegates right off the fucking bat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but the funny thing is, and I I want to read out a tweet from somebody who I respect and I'm very disappointed with. Um, And I kind of understand why Republicans get so frustrated when celebrities express... uh, uninformed opinions uh, that are contrary to their own because uh, it just makes me fucking crazy that this person has this platform and uses it to spread bullshit propaganda. Uh, Patton Oswalt, who I, I'm uh. a big fan of his stand-up, but what the fuck, man? Uh, so he tweeted out after this story, so shitty of Hillary to pay off the DNC's debt, fund her own campaign, and boost down ticket candidates. Thank God Honest Donnie won. Uh, won. So he's fucking gaslighting and making it seem like people criticizing her are saying that we are, we are fucking glad that Donald Trump won. No, it's not fucking saying that we're glad Donald Trump won. We're saying maybe we shouldn't have a fucking shitty corrupt candidate so we can beat clowns like Donald Trump. And to say that she uh, paid off their debt and funded her own campaign as if it was some fucking magnanimous thing and not a total fucking act of racketeering, legalized racketeering... And then he says, boosted down ballot candidates. Well, this guy underneath of him uh, replied with a bunch of facts that nobody seemed to address. Uh, she didn't boost down ticket candidates, Patton. Uh, that's in the article. She funneled all that money back through her camp- to her campaign through the HVF. Uh, literally 0.5% of that money raised <laughs> went to down ballot candidates. The rest of it was laundered to the Hillary Victory Fund. In the interim, she signed a contract which gave her complete control over the party and its messaging during a party primary. Legal, yes. Corrupt, without a doubt. This essentially allowed her to rig the primary process so that voters could not choose freely. Um, No response from Pat Oswald on that one, even though it's a top tweet. Um, But, you know, it's just fucking... It's maddening because these people have a massive platform and he gets, you know, 50,000 likes and retweets out of that thing. And nobody sees the fucking correction underneath. It's like, God <laughs> damn it. It just makes me fucking nuts. It's like you, you're being ridiculous. You're be- <laughs> you know, it's funny though, because the reaction online has just, has been insane. And so one person, um, when I posted about this wrote, I'm old enough to remember when the party convention was where the candidate for president was chosen by the party delegates there, and it was not just a festival to celebrate the choice of the primaries. So in other words, you know, y'all are even lucky you had a voice in it at all, because really it just used to be entirely the party. And, you know, so, you know, things are better now and less corrupt, you know, maybe than they were, and we should just get over ourselves. Dude, that... Take the crumbs, you peasants. Take the crumbs. I hate that argument. (laughs) That's like, that is literally the equivalent of if I was like emotionally abusive to my girlfriend and and I was like, well, at least I don't hit you. Like, neither one of them's a real fucking option. Like, neither one of them should even be a thing. Exactly. And that's, oh, I I had a close 
friend of mine who's actually older that said the exact same thing. And I was like, did that actually just come out of your mouth? Like <laughs> corruption this way is, you know, you guys are lucky that you only have this kind of corruption. It's like, what the fuck? Hence and the Lebron- progress in progressives. You know, we're, we're, we're moving towards something here. We'd like it to get better, not worse. <laughs> well, we have a, we have a candidate that me and you are both supporting and been doing work for. And on their, on their Facebook posts, we saw, People uh, essentially say like horrendous shit about just. I mean, I'll let you talk about it because you saw it first, but it was insane. Well, you know, it, it's insanity, and so, and, and I saw this same kind of stuff even in my own um, Twitter feed and social media feeds because I have a combination of you know Bernie supporters and Hillary supporters, which has been a just a strange thing. And slowly but surely, bros. yeah, the, the Hillary people are are finding their way elsewhere. But you know they're they're still <laughs> around, and you know, but but it was interesting because on this post, um, and I shared it out a few places right off the bat. And this is an article. I think it was maybe the Politico article to start with, or no, it was from Newsweek. Right off the bat, somebody says, you know, is Newsweek even trustworthy? Okay, that was the first one. And then, you know, is Politico even trustworthy on another one? And then it's like 12 or 13 comments of fake news, fake news, Russian bots, propaganda. And then it's, you know, Donna Brazil. Fucking drones. Donna Brazil is now an operative of Russia. And. And it got worse because later on in the day, they, they couldn't handle it, right? And, and you know, I can just picture the PR teams of all of these establishment Dems, right, just just beside themselves trying to figure out what the, what the hell to say about this. And God love Elizabeth Warren. Say what you will about her. She came out. They oh, asked her. Right. And it was like she said, yes, yes, I think it was rigged, you know, right there on CNN. And I swear to God, Hillbots died a little inside all over the country. They didn't know what to do. And so the only thing left to do was then to crucify Elizabeth Warren. And so today from Hillary supporters, even you see all of the same talking points and bullshit that Republicans said about Elizabeth Warren, her in war pain and dressed up, you know, talking about her as Pocahontas. Fucking racist wow. shit. Really? I, I, yeah. sent, I sent LaDonna like a screenshot of that. Fucking Hillary supporter literally said, hey, Pocahontas uh, betrayed, uh, I forget exactly what it said, but like it literally had a, a, a picture of Elizabeth Warren in fucking war paint with Bernie 2020 written under her. These people are fucking Same motherfucker probably has a woke tweet or woke post. <laughs> A week oh, ago. Oh, no, they're all fucking, they're all resistance. Hashtag resistance. Hashtag, you know, like, they're such fucking just empty, like, fucking, just, they're just devoid of any substance whatsoever. And as you were saying, the they were fucking scrambling the, the, the media types and the people who were getting their marching orders from the establishment. There was definitely a lag, like a good 12-hour <laughs> lag, yeah. <laughs> None of them tweeted about it, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, this is like a non-story. They were <laughs> building the fucking media. talking points. And, you know, and that reminds me because as I looked back at WikiLeaks and the original um you know, Podesta emails and some of the discussion around the Hillary victory fund talking points and all of that. I mean, it was the, they knew even back then, you know, it was referred to as, you know, um, money laundering talking points, right? So they were sending out to the media, to all of their, you know, uh, propaganda arms. This is how we talk about this issue. And so that was the lag we waited. And then sure enough, it's like, 
every fucking correct the record, Brockbot, troll, whatever. They just, it was like all of a wave they, they, all they at had, once. And they all have the same thing and they're all, same and points. we've seen it from friends of ours on Facebook who posted mm-hmm. really disingenuous long fucking posts uh, attacking Donna Brazil. And not, I'm not defending Donna Brazil, but to uh, to try to smear Donna Brazil now, I mean, like, that's the fucking strategy. Like, this the person that fucking carried water for you guys, like, that's your strategy. It's just, they're so fucking Dude, shameless, man. And this, like, I can't fucking get over and it. And they will turn so quickly on you. I mean, so quickly. And everything against Brazil was, like, a bordering on calling her an angry black woman. And I didn't even know about the stuff with Elizabeth Warren, but, like, this is one of those moments when those people need to realize that they're actually racist because when you're mad at somebody who's a person of color or from a different background and your first instinct is to lash out against them using their identity as like a weapon and like criticizing them on their identity, that's when you know you're a fucking racist. Like Jeff's Foxworthy, you know you're a redneck, you know you're a fucking racist. Like, yeah, and people it's online... ultimate projection. Yeah, people online have talked about it and they said, oh God, you know, like I'm worried to see what kind of attacks happen in the next, you know, 48 hours on Brazil. And they said, you don't need to look back at everything that was said about Nina Turner. That's what's coming for Donna Brazil. And it's, it's just disgusting. And the funny thing is we're never the fucking ones doing it. They try to claim we're racist and sexist and all this shit, but it's never from progressives that you see this. You only see it when a woman of color uh, actually speaks out for progressivism or for left causes. They get smeared <laughs> and they get called Bernie's Omarosa, like they call fucking Nina Turner. Fucking disgusting racist bullshit. So, you know, again, this is why I keep saying they're fucking Republicans pretending to be Democrats because they have all the fucking tenets of Republicanism. They just, you know, know how to wrap it up in a nice package and make it seem like that's not who they are. Dude, you just slap a coexist sticker on it and you're good, man. (laughs) Really? Sorry, go ahead. No, and, and I'm still reading in these fucking bullshit responses about how this is hurting unity and how this is, oh, how convenient that this comes out right before the uh, election in Virginia. Again, all they fucking care about is their chosen fucking corporate bullshit candidate. Because in Virginia, again, they fucked over the progressive in the race and it made sure they installed a fucking lobbyist as the candidate for Virginia governor. So that's all they fucking care about. He's another fucking Ossoff. They're not worried about any of the other down ballot races. And of course they're blaming this as if this was some fucking effort to, as if Donna Brazil has a master plan to derail fucking democratic victories in 2017. (laughs) They're so fucking shameless. They're so shameless. There was, um, there was a Hillary supporter online and they, they shared out on Twitter. Donna Brazil's piece neglects to mention that Hillary not only fundraised for down ticket Democrats, but sent them her volunteers as well. And one of my favorite people <laughs> on Twitter, um, platypus1221, she goes by that progressive. She said, what the case against Hannibal Lecter failed to mention is that he was a humanist <laughs> who enjoyed drawing and classical music. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better. That's fucking great. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. That's too good. I can't top that. Um, but yeah, she's so um, good. You have to follow her. God, I, I'm, 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 I just, I feel like I've been raging this entire. But I'm just <laughs> reading these things as we're even talking, and people saying things like, "If you're not trying to be a positive force in the Democratic Party, please close the door and join someone else." Because, like myself, uh, 
people like myself who are constantly trying to hold true and honest candidates to a higher standard are tired of holding your stupid, probably way too emotional hand through what is a tough process for all of us. That's such fucking horseshit. And you know who you are if you're listening, if you wrote that. You're so fucking full of shit to write something like that. I'm sorry. Like, really? Just hold them to a higher... Okay, so I'm sorry. Are we not trying to hold candidates to a higher standard than fucking racketeering and legalized money laundering? through a fucking primary process which was rigged like what the fuck are you talking about what are you talking about that's pile, a, that, that, you, know, yeah. you know what that is you know what that fucking is that's america love it or leave it that's what that fucking is if you don't like it there's the door yeah don't try to improve it don't try to say what's wrong with it if you don't like the fucking american justice system there's the door if you don't like our perpetual warfare there's that that's what that fucking is the again these people are fucking republicans and and i just God, There's the door, I, I but you damn can. well better vote for us because, yeah. you know, but we why deserve you your vote. vote for us? But, we don't yeah. have unity and you cost us the election. <laughs> Fuck off, you know, really. Oh, yeah. And it's God. been just I, so I, crazy to see, <laughs> to see the pile on continue where, you know, I, I swear to God, 48 hours ago, Elizabeth Warren was <laughs> beloved by them because she wound up backing Clinton in the end. Right. And so nevertheless, to see, she persisted. Right, exactly. And but to see the pile on on her today, you know, somebody on there is like, I've had a lot of problems about your career for many years, Elizabeth, but I kept my mouth shut. And then there's this long fucking thread about how she supported Reagan and about how, you know, she um, even though Reagan, you know, didn't get on board and, you know, blamed gay men for AIDS and all of this, um, you know, and talking about Reagan's foreign policy and all of these things. And I'm like, Okay, so first of all, you're going to get all over Elizabeth Warren for all this shit. Do you not recognize how many of those things are true about Hillary, too? <laughs> Hillary like, Clinton's to the right of Ronald Reagan. Like I could, I, 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 I'm going to next week, I'm going to line their policies up side by side, and I will systematically prove that Hillary Clinton is to the right of Ronald Reagan. But, like, if, if Reagan support is fair game, what about I'm, I'm somebody Reagan. who— Reagan. 20- I'm not defending him. Yeah, I'm just but, saying. What about like, Goldwater? Well, uh, no, not even that. What about somebody who 20 years ago called black kids super predators? Yeah. Right. There's that. <laughs> There's the same-sex marriage thing. There's all of the war, war hawkishness. She didn't come around on until 2013. Exactly. So, you know, every point by point that they went off on Elizabeth Warren for is true of, you know, their their queen, <laughs> their goddess. Um, yeah, no acknowledgement. Uh, no response on that either. It also shows how unprincipled they are. super proud about treating uh, slaves well. Yes. Was in the governor's like, another one. Yeah, another great one. They're not willing to... They're not willing to speak their criticisms of candidates until they go against the party. So, like, that person's a perfect example of that. Like, I'll even criticize Bernie wasn't perfect on foreign policy. Right. So, I mean, I, I like, have a lot of criticisms of Bernie. They, they don't. That's what they don't get is they act like we're the same way as them. We're not. I'll criticize Bernie all fucking day when he doesn't when he's not strong enough against uh, uh, when he's talking about Israel or when he's being too interventionist in Syria. Or There's a lot of shit that I don't love about Bernie. But I but Bernie is the closest representation we have right now in Congress. Bernie is to the right of most of us. Like, he is our compromise. They say we should have a compromise candidate. Bernie is our compromise. And that's not to say he's not great, because I think he largely is. But he is not like the far left in any sense of the word if you go anywhere else in the fucking world. He is center left. It's just that the Democrats are fucking center right, so he looks like a far left lunatic by comparison. 
There Thanks was another great. The there was another great tweet by IPM tweets says, "Dear Centris, when all you have left is it's technically not racketeering. It's time to start <laughs> packing your fucking bags. <laughs> it's legal, guys. It's totally legal." Well, they also had a good series of tweets, uh, mimic, and I highly recommend anyone looking them up because they're really funny. That's another great account. Gifts, yeah, uh, at IPM underscore tweets. <laughs> and they're just mimicking the things that people were that Hillary, you know, cultists were saying, uh, accompanied by like Nicolas Cage gifts. And like <laughs> um, they didn't rig it. Of course they rigged it. That's a conspiracy theory. Don't be naive. This is how it has always been. America's already great. Uh, <laughs> Donna Brazil is a sexist white robot of color who betrayed us. <laughs> by it's my favorite one. By, ex- by exposing how he didn't do anything wrong, thus proving she's a Russian spy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. These are all great. Uh, these earn control of uh, <clears throat> they earn control of the Dems. Uh, aren't controlled by them. Don't be ridiculous, burners. Think of think some nobody can take over our party as a big tent. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like gibberish. <laughs> and then in all caps, not a Democrat, not a Democrat, Stand not Demo, the- not Democrat. <laughs> yeah. Fud. So I, I actually have a like a really out there question that I've been pondering with. I don't have an answer, but I want to hear from you guys. Like, why did she do it? Let's set the book side, you mm. know, the book deal aside. Cause uh, that obviously has, that has a role to play. Oh, why these people don't do care it? About, yeah. Yeah. These people care about money. I get that. But you know, she's going to be fine no matter what. So what, what you think drive, did she finally like wake up and realize like what was right? Or I'm just curious. Like, what are y'all stakes? I don't think she's an ally to us, I think, because she's still kind of saying, well, well, it didn't actually affect the, you know, a vote in the primary, things like that. But maybe, you know, it, it the, the two possibilities are maybe she had a conscience and she's like, wow, I, I really should have said something about this. Uh, and I didn't. And maybe she sees that that's the only way to heal the divide in the party. Um, but, you know, it's a funny way of going about it. But um or, I mean, you know, you say she has enough money, but Hillary Clinton's got enough money to last a lifetime. That didn't stop her from taking $144 million into the Clinton Foundation while she was deciding whether or not to sell 20% of our uranium production to Russia. But, no, you know, nothing to see there. There's an option so, C here that relates to the option B, which is she's a political creature. This is a political fucking calculation. She read the tea leaves. She knows that the Clintons are going out of power. They're not, you know, the foundation isn't bringing in money. Um, Hillary's hiding out in the woods, not showing up to any kind of, you know, major events or, you know, she's just not the influencer that she once was. Whereas there is a big progressive move, you know, movement that is sweeping the country and it's about to get even bigger now that millennials um, outpopulate boomers. The country's about to swing majorly left. Um, and so I think there's a, a calculation there. Um, that and I think that combined with the fact that she has received a lot of hate from Bernie people, um, you know, ever since we, you know, it was revealed that she shared uh, questions in advance with the Clinton campaign. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so, yeah, and, and rightfully so. And so I think this is a way, an attempt to change the story, change the narrative a little bit and say, no, 
I was, I was on Bernie's side here, you know, or if not yeah. on Bernie's side, certainly to say that I she was, was more, yeah, to say that she was more neutral and she was disgusted when she learned of the corruption that existed and she had to find the can, you know, all of that. Like she didn't fucking know the cancer that was there That's, all yeah. along. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true because I mean, it does it does revive her career a little bit because I mean, people just think of her as a cheating, you know, uh, horrible, corrupt person now. Like before, you know, before this, ha- I still do, but yeah, before this happened, that was that was Donna Brazil, like endemic of cheating, like and and just corrupt political processes. So, I guess maybe her this is her attempt to revive her career. And sell some books in the process. Maybe. Um, I actually did a poll on Twitter because I do have that mixed audience to kind of see where people were. I said, okay, you know, where do we stand now on Donna Brazil? And so... Was, was Russian bot one of the, uh, <laughs> the poll options? Should have been. Uh, there's still six hours left, but we're at 11% still love her. 47% still hate her. 5% <laughs> once loved her, now hate her. And 37% are on a roller coaster. So... So if you really add that up, it's only a small percentage that, you know, liked her and continue to. And I mean, the rest, it's it's a lot of negativity still. So this didn't necessarily help her all that much. Look, I don't hate her or love her. I just, you know, I don't trust her. And I, I think that she's uh, she has clear political motivations for everything she does. I'm shocked um, that you would allege yeah, this. Right. <laughs> Um, I'm happy the news came out and even better that it's from her because it lends it some credibility because she had a look at the books, which nobody else fucking gets to do. My jaw really did drop a fucking mafia. Even as a political calculation, I, you know, oh, I yeah, saw her shocking. as a longtime, you know, Clinton supporter. She did a decent enough job before we knew, you know, kind of what was going on in the background of, uh, you know, on CNN when she would comment, it, it kind of seemed like she was somewhere in the middle, but, but she's really been a long time Clinton supporter. And so, um, to me, it was jaw dropping news. And I, I had to take a moment just to, to process it and go, Oh my God, this is, this is a big fucking deal. And this is really, uh, you know, again, if Hillary Clinton still had even a quarter of the political capital that she did before the election, this would have never been oh, a story yeah, no, out there. And so, well, wow. <laughs> for that, I'll give her uh, obviously you can't absolve her of her sins, but like I give her credit for this. Yeah. The people the people who've been in this world for this long are so cretinous that <laughs> I'll take it when they actually do get a second or, you know, uh, like some conscious comes to them and they do like whistleblow to some extent because it it does take it does take a lot now what i'm saying it takes a lot of is like oh i'm sorry you can't be as rich and as well connected as you were so fuck you from the first place but still like well so does it take courage because is it is it potentially true that even bigger shit is about to come out and is this in fact a uh, you know, a proactive move to get in front of stories to come that are going to reveal even more. Um, you right. know, is she, you know, I don't know. Well, I, I, I honestly, it's a courage on a very relative spectrum. Right. But <laughs> at the same time though, think about how she could just coast off into nowhere and like no one would ever, I mean, the people like Jordan and the people like us who paid attention from the get go and are still calling her out even after this for her shit. You know, we'd remember, but there'd be no repercussions. I mean, no one would be, we. it wouldn't be happening like it is right now on social media where she's getting these racist attacks. So it's courage on a spectrum. I'll give you that. But 
she could have just coasted off and we would not have the ammunition ammunition we have. Um, right everybody's got to pay bills. I mean, when you start making more <laughs> money, your obligations get higher. She may have a standard of living to which she's become accustomed. You know, she may have financial obligations we're not aware of. You know, nobody knows. Maybe in debt to the Russians, guys. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Um but you know, I, and you know, you mentioned Jordan. I, I, I actually want to give him like a, a, a public thank you slash shout out because if it weren't for him re- pouring through those WikiLeaks and actually finding that one kind of uh, uh, seemingly innocuous email, which turned out was Donna subtly leaking debate questions to Hillary, we probably wouldn't have this moment because none of the the chain of events that we saw take place wouldn't have probably happened. And that's purely on Jordan doing the diligence on the uh, WikiLeaks and asking her about it and confronting her with it. Yeah, yeah, terrible response, of course, I'm sure. (laughs) Most people listening have seen (laughs) and tried to act like, you know, he was some kind of of badgering woman, like, whatever. You know, water under the bridge. Like, that, you know, so reporting like Jordan's is, is the reason we have this victory today, so... Support independent media is basically what I'm trying to say. Absolutely, including us. <laughs> including us. Patreon.com slash move left. Smooth. Which would actually be a good way to end it, but I actually do want to mention real quick before we get out of here. <clears throat> um, Tuesday, uh, almost everybody has local elections coming up, so it's really important that everyone votes in those. Um do your research, obviously. Don't just be a blue no matter who fucking idiot like some people uh, who I won't <laughs> mention would, would have you do. But, you know, there are a lot of good local candidates. The corruption that exists at the national level is somewhat missing from the local Democrats, at least, I'll say, in, in, in a lot of places. Not so much in New York City, but <laughs> in, in, in smaller counties and stuff, that's really not, you know, a big of an, that big of an issue. Like, I'm working... Or I'm volunteering for uh, this woman, Nancy Van, who's running for county legislature uh, out here. And um, she is great. She's like an environmentalist. She's been fighting pipelines her entire life. And she is trying to uh, unseat a horrible, uh, like, long-term Republican incumbent. Uh, and there's a lot of great local races, like our buddy Jabari Brisport in Brooklyn, He's running for city council. He's a uh, he's a socialist running on the Green Party ticket, uh, and he's got a really good chance of winning. Like it's crazy, but he's a he's the fucking East Coast Kashama Swan. Like you know, hear me now, quote me later. Right. He's getting so much uh, so much mainstream coverage. It's crazy. Um, He's gotten profiled by The Intercept. He's gotten profiled by Vice. Like, he's fucking killing it. And that dude, I told him, like, fucking six years, he better unseat Cuomo for fucking governor (laughs) because we need an actual progressive uh, representing us. Well, and I there's also a socialist running in Minnesota. So we got that to look forward to. The results, I believe, are going to be in um, this Tuesday. And then, yes, we can, Columbus. for my folks in Ohio, like me, they've been kicking ass and taking names. So their city council candidates are going to be up. There's a few in Cincinnati. I mean, this is honestly how a lot of this is going, how this revolution is going to be won. And it's what Bernie told people about and what then people were activated and went after. So Tuesday is going to be super exciting because I think 
we'll see that on the local level, you know, these things can be done. Um, and it'll also be, we can gloat then too, because we can rub in the face that these candidates, you know, uphill battle at the local level with way less resources were able to win, whereas John Ossoff, with the highest raising <laughs> congressional campaign in history, lost to a woman saying, I don't believe in a living wage. So it's I think $30 million it's, on fire. it's gonna empower <laughs> it's gonna empower progressives, I think, uh this Tuesday. But but he's nice looking, guys. And I, I don't know if you know this. He tucks his dress shirts into his jeans, so we're we're all idiots for not supporting him. Um <laughs> also, Anthony, I have a I have two recommends and one oh, to yeah, look yeah. out let's, for let's if I can. That up before we get out of here. Um the first one is a really good song and it actually came with another recommends which is everybody should be listening to the intercepted podcast along with yeah, ours great. um yeah. and that's how i found out about this song called free by uh an iraqi either iraqi american or iraqi canadian artist named narcy <laughs> um please check out the music video it's called free it'll motivate you i listen to it every day while i'm working about five times in a row just to total keep earworm me, yeah <laughs> keep me no, just boosted really and then Reagan by Killer Mike. We all love Killer Mike. Um, he really breaks down what the Reagan era did, especially to people of color with the war on drugs. And um, just amazing song and music video, so check that out. And then my one like to keep an eye out for is a local organization here in the state of Ohio, Ohio Organizing Collaborative and Ohio Student Association. We are working on a ballot initiative for 2018 that will get um, felony, nonviolent, drug offense felonies marked down to misdemeanors and it would oh, instantly wow. free 10,000 people and it would be retroactive to wipe so many felonies off of people, particularly people of colors, backgrounds and records. So That's fucking awesome. we're going to continue to build up. We have an initial phase and then over next year, we're going to be fighting hard on that. So I'm looking forward to talking and bringing in the leaders on that to talk on this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. And, um, as far as recommends go, uh, I, the only thing I have this week that's remotely political, uh, I've been listening to this new uh, band called Gang of Youths. They're like a kind of a uh, like a Springsteen punk kind of like vibe. It's really cool. They're from Australia, and they have a song called uh, Atlas Drowned, and it's all about how Ayn Rand's a fucking moron who didn't know what she was talking about. So <laughs> check, check that song out because it's really good and funny. Um, <laughs> and... Um, yeah, everyone make sure you go out and vote Tuesday, but do do your diligence. Don't just go blind and vote party line. You know, research the candidate. Research the ballot initiatives, because those are always very misleadingly worded. Uh, in New York State, you know, we, we're voting on the Constitutional Convention. Uh, I'll, I'll say on here, I'm, I think I'm going to vote yes, and I know that's, like, not a popular opinion among uh, labor progressives, at least, in in, in Westchester County. Uh, but I think that's really old hat democratic thinking. And we've gotten into it on this podcast before about how they basically just don't want to deal with running a bunch of delegates and trying to win those seats. But we're in the most fucking progressive state in the country other than California. Uh, there's no reason why we can't win and propose some actual progressive me- uh, measures at a constitutional convention. And any measure proposed has to be voted on by people like in a, in a, in a general election anyway to pass. So nothing horrible is going to pass. And some good things might pass, like legalizing recreational pot or fucking single payer in New York or, you know, there's so many things that we could actually accomplish. 
and bypass our horribly corrupt fucking state government, which is run by the IDC, which are a bunch of Democrats that caucus with Republicans so they can get nicer offices. So I'm going to vote yes. You know, you, you guys can hate me. <laughs> There's a multi-million dollar ad campaign run by the AFL-CIO locally to vote no, but I, I think it's just old hat Democratic thinking, never wanting to fight. So I'm, I'm going to vote yes on that. It has been a long week in politics and honestly a long life in politics. So I'm going to go counter to you guys and I'm going to say just go in the voting booth, put on a blindfold and just, you know, pull some levers, <laughs> write some shit, you know, do some like, you, you guys know, have Pollock. levers? I have, I have like Scantrons. <laughs> Jackson Pollock kind of artwork, you know, just throw some shit around, do what you're going to do because we're going to wind up in a fucking mess anyway. So. <laughs> and also, like, everybody remember that, and including if I doubt, but hopefully some local candidates listen to us and will listen to us in the future, that your campaign doesn't end. Like, your your commitment to fighting for people and building grassroots people power continues November 8th, whether you win or lose. So never forget that, because that's the only way that we can actually make this revolution possible is if we have a movement behind these candidates to hold them accountable. Yeah. And just in closing, you're such a you downer. Know, <laughs> well, no, you know, some, you mean I have to keep this shit up? Damn it. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of that, though, uh, Jabari, who I mentioned earlier, who we're going to have on the podcast after the election, you know, we were trying to get him on this week. He's going crazy trying to fucking canvas before the before Tuesday. And getting whether arrested. He wins or, and <laughs> whether he wins or loses. Yeah. Dude is a fucking superstar. I mean, he got arrested twice in two days for protesting gentrification, uh, once at a vote and once outside of the uh, city council offices. So motherfucker is on the front lines, like with the people. Uh, he said he can't get arrested again or he's going to be in a lot of trouble, so he's got to be careful. But um, That's also his gotta... next campaign's bumper sticker. Motherfucker <laughs> is on the front lines with the people. <laughs> but please don't arrest me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, go out and vote for him if you're in Brooklyn uh, City Council District 35, which is probably like maybe one person <laughs> listening. But hey, <laughs> if I reach that one person, they didn't know that's worth it. So, you made a um, difference, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, check it out. Go out and vote. Uh, please uh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud, whatever, all that stuff. Uh, Patreon.com slash move left. And our SoundCloud is now uh, SoundCloud.com slash move left. Uh, and we will be starting a Twitter soon. Probably not at move left because that's probably taken. But we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you know about that yep. when it happens. Uh, and join us next week on Move Left Idiots. Antifa!